All right, welcome into episode 80 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast, the playoff preview extravaganza. Episode 80, of course, being the Nick Antropov episode as well, we... Playoff Palooza? Yeah, extravaganza, that's a lot of pressure. Okay, we'll just go with Palooza. How about gathering? Playoff just gathering. Conversation. All right, we'll just kind of yell at each other for a while. That's Jamie Eisner. You heard Craig Morgan as well. I'm Luke Lipinski. We're going to get into all of this, every series, every player on every team, where they were born in their life oh. story. It's the yeah, Pierre Maguire episode. Bonanza stuff. Yes, it's going to be a 67-hour mm. podcast. But we're going to start with news. Yay, news. <laughs> I appreciate the support, Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> Extravaganza without... Um, that, that's why I'm going to transition to every segment. Yay, oh, news. Please. For not just this episode, either. Uh, every subsequent episode and in life in general. A couple more coaches fired. Some of these guys I think we, we sort of expected... In fact, I think we talked about this in recent weeks. We, we didn't know how many coaches would get fired the day after the season because so many were fired during the season. But we did discuss last week the six teams that missed the playoffs in the West, how two of them are at least trending in the right direction and the other four seem a little lost. Three of those four fired their coaches, and Colorado seems to think everything's good the way it is. Just fine. What's, what, what happened? Yeah. As, I was, as Craig Morgan showed me the article of we're moving forward, Bedner included, I turned to him and said, what is the definition of insanity? I think you say, what is the definition of forward? Well, can't go backward, can you? I, I, Maybe. I, I mean, historically don't backward if they do. Wow. Anytime your, your slogan to support your coach sounds like a yearbook quote, you're in trouble. <laughs> I just, it, it may be a situation with them where they didn't want yet another coaching. T- I, I, I didn't read all of the story because I, I have to admit I sort of looked at the headline and said, wow, and just kind of stopped right there. But over. they've had a lot of instability, right? In Colorado yeah. now, if you... <laughs> I mean, who, who are you going to put in? Right, who are you going to put in? Are you, maybe you're wed to the idea this guy has some ability to move you forward. Okay. Now, we're, we know there are going to be other changes around Colorado, so maybe that's what they're thinking. Let's see what he can do. Let's give him a, a realistic, honest chance to do something with the roster remade after they trade Matt Duchesne. And maybe someone else, Gabriel Landeskog, too. Who knows? Yeah. I, I do sort of like the sense of they were terrible this year, so you could certainly justify firing the coach after one year. But I generally hate firing your coach after one year yeah, because he didn't build this fair. team. Yeah. And, but they were so bad that I'm a little surprised. that if you, had just, if you had told me three of the four teams that missed the playoffs, or I guess three of the six teams that missed the playoffs in the West were going to fire their coaches, I would have thought Colorado was well, at the top of the list. I think it's because management feels a little bit safer than in some of those other places. When, when you keep a coach after that type of a season, it's because you feel like you're not going to get fired yourself in the next eight months. Yeah, that's probably fair. I also think this may be a, a hint of what's going on in Colorado's locker room. There, there's apparently some, some bad stuff going on in that locker room, and that's part of the reason that Andrew Shane is on the block. I think they feel like they have to move him out because of chemistry issues. So you, maybe you give your coach a, more of a clean slate next season to establish his own culture with his own guys, and you remove the, the problem from the locker room. Yeah, just to be clear, not chemistry issues that are the coach's fault in this case. He nope. just took over. And with Duchesne, I'm not in that locker room. He doesn't seem like a bad guy or a disruptive player. He just doesn't seem like a guy that's keeping everything together. Is that fair, or do you think there's more to it than that, maybe? Well, maybe. There may be more. It depends on who you talk to. Okay. But there may be more. and that, I think that's a, a big reason why he's on the block right now, just not seeing eye-to-eye with key people in that organization, including Joe Sackett. Well, it's never good when your second-best player doesn't see eye-to-eye with your GM, who also happens to be a franchise icon. 
So it's not a great situation in Colorado, but they're not yeah, changing anything like right now. Like fucking John Elway with the Broncos, right? Ooh, yeah, same city too. Go well for you. Yep. This is like an all Denver podcast today. Yeah. You want to talk about the Nuggets? They're out now. <sighs> no. Okay. Well, what kind of season did Alex English have? <laughs> Depends what decade you're talking about. So the teams that did uh, fire coaches since the end of the season. This is a stat that poor Craig has heard me give 75 times today, but <sighs> audible sigh. If you if you sigh audibly, you shouldn't have to say audible sigh. Defining it for, you know, for all of our listeners. <laughs> Not just the select population. No, no, no. Just want to make sure everybody caught just that. Just so they know. In the last 12 months, 13 NHL teams have switched coaches. Insane. Isn't 13? It? It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's a lot. That it's the reaction crazy. I was looking for. It is crazy. That's, that's, that's almost half. That was math. Mike Sullivan is the 14th longest tenured coach in the NHL, and he took over at, like, Christmas last year. Who is the second longest tenured coach in the NHL? Dave Tippett is. Yes, he is. Right behind Joel Quenville. Yep. And those guys, <laughs> when you look at I the... I wonder if someone will comment on that after I've mentioned that on our prob- podcast. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. You don't seem to inflame anybody when you no. talk about the Coyotes. So... And we talked about that a lot. Was it last week? I think we asked to. So yeah, we had a question. There was a listener question yeah. about Dave Tippett and, and what we thought about that. And so it's a unique situation that most coaches are a not put in and b don't have the luxury to coach themselves out of. And yes. He's had both. Yes, correct. So I mean, he's he's still got some time, and I think he's. I think it's fair to call the Coyotes a unique situation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy! That's that gonna be the title of your book with all the ownership <laughs> drama. The Arizona Coyotes: colon, a unique situation. <laughs> Just a picture of Craig on the front, with like yeah. his amulets, tailgates, and I like when the season's <laughs> over and I don't have to go to Glendale anymore yeah. and face people. Uh, wow! <laughs> well, and Craig walks in like with an entourage. Like he comes in with like a jacket pulled over his head. He's got three security guards on either side as he goes into gate one. If oh, you, if oh you look, that kind of entourage. If you look closely, his, his feet aren't actually even touching the ground. He's being carried it, like he's walking into a UFC fight, basically. That's what it looks like. And he has his yeah, name. Yeah, like he's the gilded a, chair they built for me was yeah. unexpected. But a nice I, touch, yeah, it was. nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the teams that, that fired their coaches in the, uh, the Western Conference, Dallas, L.A., Vancouver, since the last time we did a show. And it leaves us now with six teams around the league looking for head coaches, if you count the Islanders who... And the Golden Knights. Well, but, I mean, that's a team looking for a coach now. Yeah. If you're looking they didn't at... fire one, though. No, no, no. But I'm just saying in terms of trying to hire one, are there six good coaches to go around that aren't already employed? I... I... <laughs> Shrugs? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, what is with you, you guys announcing what you're doing? Some of these teams will take a look at fresh blood instead of... Yeah. Retreads, recycling yeah. the same guys there, that have been through, but I, I'm sure we'll see at least a couple retreads. Go ahead. Yeah, Tim. I mean there has to be some. I mean we, we talked about this last year with with assistant GMs and GM candidates of the future. There's got to be like another pool of, of coaches that you can pull from. You don't have to keep calling Guy Boucher every time. <laughs> well, yeah, now he's employed, so he's not going to take your calls. In fact, he's in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I have long said I don't understand why more teams don't groom their AHL coach to be the next guy in line. I understand that wouldn't work every time, but of these six teams, we might see it once or twice. I can tell you one probably really good reason why that doesn't happen, because the coaches of the NHL teams have a major hand in selecting that AHL coach, and they probably don't want to select their replacement. Yeah. I'll get some, you know, 
58-year-old guy in there who I know who's been a friend for a while, but yeah. somebody who's not going to be back in the NHL. Or, you know, you bring in somebody, or the team brings in somebody, makes him, you know, an assistant coach on the bench, and then fires you midseason. Well, you know. And that takes the team to the playoffs. <laughs> Sometimes. You, you, know, you know, hypothetically speaking, you never yeah, want that right. to happen. Not, we're, not, we're not speaking of any specific team from Missouri or anything. We're just going to just leave that open-ended. No, but, I mean, like, we have seen teams do it, and we've seen teams do it with success. I mean, yep. Pittsburgh's the most recent one, but they're not the only one. And if your head coach is secure enough in what he does in his own skill set as a, as a head coach, I mean, that's probably the, the best way top to bottom for the organization. Because you get in a situation like this where you're going to have six teams fighting for maybe one or two coaches. Yeah. I said off the air, I'm assuming Vancouver just re hires Willie Desjardins because he's going to be wearing a, a fake bigger mustache and they're not going to realize it's him. But, but that's an organizational decision. You can't put that on your head coach. There's, like Craig said, there's zero incentive for your head coach to that's true. do anything like that. That's not his job. It's like having Brett Favre draft his backup quarterback. Yeah. They wouldn't have had Aaron Rodgers. They would have had Johnny Manziel. And Brett would still be playing. Yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> and not trying to sell us razors at 3 in the morning. So of these six... Crocs. Or like the copper fits or... Copper fit Crocs. <laughs> Crocker fit. There's six teams. Which one would you go to? If I, if I sat here and I said, Craig and Jamie, I'm going to hand you each an NHL head coaching gig, and, and I'm guaranteeing you three years. I won't fire you in three years. Probably after three years, I'm going to fire you no matter what. Well, but, I think, okay, I'm already just going to break the rules already and just ruin your little cool, system. Cool, thanks. I haven't even got all the rules out yet. Yeah, because this was going nowhere. Oh, it was going somewhere. Don't you worry. Actually, you know the what? Most, Jamie gets fired after one. All right. If, if I am given the Kyle Shanahan-John Lynch deal okay. to go to Vegas, that's the best job. I have, if, I'm, if I'm getting signed to a six-year deal and I get to go there, that's the best job. Because none of the other jobs are that attractive. Carte blanche. If, I have to, if that's not an option and I have to say, okay, i probably got to turn something around in the next two to three years. Dallas, just because I've got two superstars, and after a year those goalies go come off the books? Question mark? Bees? <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. Dallas is the team. I think Dallas. Jamie may have just broken. He's short-circuiting. But uh, yes. Nobody likes the Florida Panthers, huh? You don't like the Florida Panthers? I, I do like the Florida Panthers. I hope they have success, actually. I like the, uh, the teams in the, the <laughs> yes. Sun Belt having success. The Florida Panthers have How great magnanimous of you. Yeah, uh, but if I was a head coach, I would Jamie Ben, yeah. Sagan and Ben. I mean, who's yeah, the worst? Florida might be the worst because you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's that's okay. If you're not looking at the roster, if you're looking at I'm uh, looking at the, everything, the ownership, no state tax, <laughs> which is <laughs> true. You got but that te- going Texas for you. Is, you got South true. Beach in within reach. I mean, so what if your owner's crazy? <laughs> so what if they? Embarked on a new plan and then blew it up after one season. Yeah. Our bad. A new Let's plan. Let's bring Dale Talon back. Everybody this, this shot down when it happened. And oh, now they're on yes, exactly. The Panthers. Well, actually, it wasn't even a full year. It happened with, this year. With a discount Which, which episode was that? It, How many episodes yeah. ago well, was that? I'm going to guess like 67 maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That was probably a little bit earlier than that. It's, uh, they're, the Panthers are sort of like the people that move into your neighborhood and they move into the mansion and then they just gut it for no reason. Like it's a four-year-old house and they just gut it. Everything's I'm not fine. sure they had a mansion to begin with, but well, that's okay. fair. It's a nice it's new a nice house, house and they decided to pull all the appliances out and then replace them with like wood stoves from the Civil War era. I, I don't understand it's what they were you doing. bring up a military reference when talking about the Panthers and ownership. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, there are no accidents, except that was. 
Who's the, who's the job that you would take uh, least seriously if you were offered all six of them? All six of them? And also, Craig hasn't answered any of the questions. Where would you go? By the way, the Islanders' job See? really isn't open. <laughs> you get into a career in yeah, politics. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I think, I think he's going to keep that job, Doug Wade. Also, it's, that job. even if you included the Islanders, it still wouldn't be my pick. Okay. So For the worst? No, no, best. no. Jamie's on. Oh, see, the best. Yeah. I, I thought I already stated my best. Who? No, you didn't. Well, you said the Blackhawks. I did not say the Blackhawks. Your eyes said the Blackhawks. Uh, Who did you I, say? I would hire a private investigator to dig up dirt on Paul Maurice and then take the Jets job. <laughs> That's the best job available. <laughs> it's why, not why, available. Why isn't it available? Maybe it will be. Maybe because it's probably they have to try uh, giving him a goaltender or just one, any, any goaltending. <sighs> Mark Andre Fleury is available in two months. I know. I know. It's, it's no, so, really. so easy I mean, to say that. They're going to need him when they lose Matt Murray. Yeah, I'd true. probably go to the Stars because they have a franchise center. If looks could kill. Great. So the three of us would all be coaching the Stars. Roster is attractive, but yeah, that whole organizational situation sounds terrifying. My least likely one is Vancouver. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you there. There's unreasonable pressure and expectations for a team that's going nowhere fast. I, I, that, that's a job you get fired at midway through season two. What do, you, what do they have other than Bo Horvat? What do they have? Not much. The are going to be there for another year and retire. And they'll just be... Nikolai Goldobin? Drafting. High. He, was, yeah. he was on the top line when he came here. I'll make the same point I made six months ago talking about the Canucks. The next time they make the playoffs will not be with the next coach that they hired. Oof. It's, okay. it's, it, they, they are that far away. Brock Besser is like the guy in your office that just comes in and is just, he's not on board with what everybody else is doing. Like, they were clearly losing all their games down the stretch, and he just kept scoring. I'll stop making analogies. That was two, but they were both great. But he, he came in and was just scoring every other game, and they just, I, I, don't, they, I don't think Vancouver was tanking necessarily, but they just stopped they, they playing. They did a good job of not winning. They were very. Maybe they, they were mentally checked out. Terrific job of not Yes. If there was a team that was mentally checked out, it looked like it was the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> towards the end, except Brock Besser and Nikolai Goldobin, who was just <laughs> running around going, hey, I'm on a line with the Sedins. Let's see what can happen. So we all think Vancouver's Alexander the worst. Alexander Burroughs did that successfully for three and a half seasons. Uh, That's true. Vancouver is still not, still hasn't bottomed out. That doesn't come until after next season when the Sedins walk away. Really? If they get the first pick this year, you don't think they're bottoming out? No, I think no because be it's they year. still have the Sedins right now. Yeah. So the year after Sedins. Yeah. The post Sedin era. They so might like, have. I mean, yeah. if but it can. They, well, they'll have all that free cap space at that point, and they might do something with it. because Something terrible. It's Vancouver. Like, yeah, they, they could do something terrible. <laughs> Louis Eric's never brother. I, again, I don't. <laughs> you don't. That's not a move you make when you suck. Nope. It's like, not. I, I don't understand that move. But just, they were still. But they, I mean, they, they made it clear, at least what their thinking was. They, they didn't think it was fair to Sedins. They thought they could still be a playoff team. They were delusional, clearly. But as all, again, I understand when you're trying to sell season tickets. Hey, we're trying to make the playoffs. I get it. But if they, but that move signals to me that oh, you know what? They actually thought maybe they could. They or this was purely a money move. And if it wasn't, you know what? Not my money. They might pick first the next two years. I mean, that's not inconceivable. They could. Edmonton. <laughs> the uh, another Canadian team. By the way, if Vegas wins the lottery, are we going to have the the, the rig talk again? If anybody that's not in Canada wins the lottery, we're going to have the rig talk, even though the team with the worst record is not in Canada. The, the time it took Vancouver to sort of accept that they're bottoming out, and I, I do think they've accepted that now, don't you? Uh, yeah, with the way they finished the season, I would yeah. say that's pretty safe to say. I mean, that's 
remember when Calgary couldn't decide what to do with Jerome McGinley and Jay Feaster was there and, and they couldn't accept bottoming out? I mean, I, I think there's something to what Jamie, I don't know if he meant this or not, but sort of said there where you're in a Canadian market like that and the expectations are so high, it's yeah. difficult to tell your fan base, hey, this is what we are and we're at least accepting it and now trying to fix it. Whereas Toronto, I give their fans a lot of credit, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm not there, but they accepted last year, like, we're not good. We need to, we need to get better. And then they got Austin Bam. Matthews. The question Bam. would have been if this took multiple year. years. Yeah, if Toronto had to go through the same rebuild that every other team except Edmonton has to go through. Yeah, you don't want because just you jump sell, in and land Austin Matthews. Because you could sell one year. The Yankees are trying to sell that right now. Although, no, no, we, we can be young and maybe not make the playoffs for one year, but I guarantee you next year they're going to have that pressure. Vancouver's going to have that similar pressure, too. Yeah, and they're not going to get, even if they get the first pick, I don't want to say Toronto and Edmonton got bailed out, but that's just the best terminology to use. They didn't have to go through the rebuild that countless other teams are going through right now, or Chicago went through, or Pittsburgh went through back uh, before they got Crosby. I mean, most teams that have won cups had to go through lengthy rebuilds. What about the Kings' job, speaking of I, a potentially I, I lengthy rebuild? I just want to pause for a moment to note that the NHL just announced that the draft lottery will be held April 29th in Toronto. Back to our regularly scheduled nice. programming now. The Kings job. Wow, I'm going to be at a Diamondbacks game here's during say, the draft lottery. Here's what I think is happening with the Kings job. I spoke to John Rosen earlier today, actually, and, and it sounds like they are going to try and make mo- one more run with that core. Try to surround it with a little to. bit of talent. I don't know how they do it in free agency. I, I don't know if they how they do it with the cap space, et cetera. They, they have problems. It's, make a run at what? Right. The playoffs oh, or the cup? I, I, I mean, when you're L.A., you can't you say we want to make a run at the playoffs at this point. You've won two cups. So you either say we're going to try and get back there again or you admit that you have to rebuild. I guess you hope – again, it's not the same. They don't have the same type of young players. But I guess you hope that you can do what San Jose did a couple years ago and everybody left that organization for dead and Thornton's done and Marlowe's done and look what they've done the last couple of years. And I guess you don't really have a choice when you have the contracts of Brown and Gabrick weighing down your team and Kopitar signed for a long time as he should be and Jonathan Quick signed till the end of days and you know I, I, you don't really you can't really rebuild with their contracts that they have so unless you're going to spend a hell of a lot of money to for those guys to not play for you you kind of have to I the, guess the other try. thing you could do you could look at trading one of those key pieces but and we're all thinking of the same guy at this point uh, right what right-handed defenseman yeah uh, is there a market needs, for those Giudani, a certain team how about 20 teams yeah I, I just you could do that you could say okay we're going to trade a, a Drew Doughty or or a, a Kopitar yeah and try and accelerate the rebuild but then you're you, but then you're, you're without a Drew Doughty or a Kopitar and you're well you're going to go through several lean years yeah but you're going to do that at some point anyway it's going to happen wait let me just jump in for a second. Or, I mean, yeah, there's no way they're getting out of that dust. I, I can't see a way. Because to me, is if you could if you packaged him with a star player, but then you're not going to get much of a return for that star player. And Well, for Drew Doughty, you could get you, a ton. But, if, but if, you, if you tie Dustin Brown, like if you want Drew Doughty, you have to take Dustin Brown. And we're not paying a cent of his salary. Then, who, I mean, how, how, what, what is how, the return? How many teams are even able to afford that? How many teams can take those, those I two contracts? One. Well, but, but Brown, I mean, you're paying him actual money, and he has to be, I guess, doesn't have to be on your you roster. one? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Dustin Brown donning a Coyotes jersey? He didn't say which team he was thinking of. Yes, he yeah, didn't I, have to. I knew. I knew, too. I was just being facetious. Can you imagine that? Can if, you imagine if, Coyotes if, fans if, having to embrace If the that? return is watching... Alvar Ekman, Larson, and Drew Doughty play 25 minutes a night, I, that's, that's I, I can live with it. That's 13 million in cap space. I, I can live with it. Let's take... 
Dustin Brown out of this for a second. But, which, the, but then you can't give him. You're barely giving him anything in return. I'm, I'm assuming Rob Blake is saying right now as well. Let's just leave Dustin Brown out of this for a second. But if you just took the Drew Doughty trade, if I mean Ellie's not going to do this, but if I'm running the Kings and I need to shake things up. We'll just use the Coyotes as the example because that's what you guys have already brought up. That's a team that could use a right-handed defenseman. Every team could use Drew Doughty. The Coyotes have a ton of prospects and picks, which is what L.A. doesn't have. Well, or and you'd still have Kopitar and Quick. And again, it depends how... One, it always takes two to tango. It's very easy to discuss potential trades when you're not the one having... Well, those two teams are never going to make a trade. But, but you look at a team like Vegas, let's say, especially early on. Now, again, the Brown and Gabbard contracts are awful. But how desperate is L.A. to get out of it? Do they say, I'm going to give you Dustin Brown and our first-round pick to just they take them off our though. books? They can't, though. They don't have any – They don't. their prospect pool is completely gone. So they need that first-round pick, but and they have to hit on it. But you can forward those two contracts. So do you, if, if a team is willing to take on one of those contracts, just completely off your books, you're not paying a dime anymore, and take that cap hit from you, and you give up your first-round pick this year, your middle of the first-round pick – I might do it because you're not going to move on. By the time that first-round pick comes to your team, if he even makes your team, those guys are still going to be under contract and Justin you're going to be Brown in is worse under off. contract through 2022. That's what I'm saying. You have, to get, you have to get rid of those. That's a horrible contract. If you can find a way to get rid of Dustin Brown's contract, you're right, Jamie. You probably just have to you do have it. To, if, if, it's a first, if it's your next two years' first-round picks to get rid of Gabryk and D- Dustin Brown, it's a, it's a hell of a price to pay, but at least you can move forward. But if you do that, I then think... It's crazy to say, but I think you need to entertain the thought of trading one of those big three because you need to recoup some of those picks and prospects. And Kopitar's 29. Kopitar, I think, almost has more value to the Kings than than what they would get on the trade market. And I would say Jonathan Quick would have value, but we saw the value goalies had this year. Mm -hmm. They're never going to trade Drew Doughty. But if you got rid of Dustin Brown's contract and Marion Gabrick's contract and sacrificed picks... But then you have some money to spend. You could money to trade for But there's nobody to sign this year. But you can start, you know, if you do it early enough and teams are worried about which contracts they could get. I, I mean, I would move quick if I could. Again, He's also signed through 2023, so you're not yeah, moving I, that there's, there's just There's so much, again, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, I would move this guy. Well, I don't have to make those decisions. No. I don't actually have to trade with somebody that has to also agree with me. But if you, you could get, you could pretty much ask the world for Drew Doughty and get it. I mean, you could just go around and ask for 10 times what St. Louis was asking for for Kevin Shattenkirk. I just think that's the, the nuclear option. I think that's your very last option. I would, I would exhaust every chance to move for those two big contracts that you don't want from two players who are not contributing to your well, team. Well, I'm saying first. you do both. If you're going to get rid of all your picks to get rid of Dustin Brown's contract, then I think you have to go down. You're saying path. Brown and Gabrick? Yeah. Was it, yeah. Brown being the I, worst. I would try to do everything I could to get one, those off the books. At least one. Yeah. I don't understand why Gabrick isn't at least still somewhat productive right now. Like You should be able to get another year or two out of him and then just have three horrible years of that deal, but they're not getting anything out of him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we ended up talking about the Kings other than the fact that they just fired their coach. No, we don't, and their we don't want that job. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about what's, what's attractive at this point. You have to think long and hard about whether you want to take over L.A. Where are they headed? I just uh, I, I don't mean, see how they manage this situation for a very long time. Yeah, and with Marion Gabrick, by the way, since you brought him, he, he's, he's 35 years old, so you'd think he'd get a little more. But he's been in the league a long time. Yeah. He's got a lot of mileage on that body. He's had some injuries. So. Yeah. yeah. If the Kings called you and said, we're willing to at least listen to offers for Drew Doughty, is there any team that wouldn't at least listen? Oh, of course. Crazy there not to. Crazy not. Uh, uh, an elite right-handed defenseman who's 27? Just won the Norris last year? Yes. What do you listen. think What do you think you real, realistically ask for if you're the Kings? Like, you're asking for first-rounders and prospects, right? Yeah. Prospects that are playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Prospect, it, yeah. Prospects that are playing, an, H, an NHL second-line player, 
and picks plural. It's basically like or the, prospects plural. I mean, there, there's yeah, that that's a massive, massive trade conversation that the Diamondbacks fans were having here. Of do you just if you're if you're completely lost, do you trade Paul Goldschmidt? I mean, I know I'm crossing over into baseball, but that's about yeah, the same level. You're talking about a truly it, elite it player a in his bit, prime, but. The D-backs are no, no, I'm not getting this, but they're, they're not they're not hemorrhaged by the same things. No, that the they're Kings not. Are. They're not. But it's the same sort of option of wait, why would you trade your best player? Drew Doughty's the Kings' best player. We agree, right? He's past Kopitar. Y- yes, but my concern would be if you trade one of those guys, too, yeah. I don't see. To me, to trade those guys and not get rid of those other big contracts, what's the point? No, I'm You're saying you got to do both. Build with you Gabbard have to do both. Brown on so, the and maybe that's what they're thinking. Look, we're not getting out from under those contracts anyway. So, so make maybe one, we try and bring yeah. a couple players in and see if we can. Get our mojo back. Who comes in to coach Hitchcock? Like, who do you bring in? You're not. I mean, someone's taking that job with the idea that I got group. two years max. It's a veteran group. You can't bring a young guy into that. Yeah, and you, you have two years max. Yeah, that mix. How about where does Daryl Sutter coach, or does he not coach anymore? I don't know for a what Daryl Sutter's going to do. It's, 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 John has talked sometimes about him just going back to Alberta and hanging out on hanging a boat. Out on ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would that shock any of us? No. He's won his cops. I mean, he's an extremely yeah. successful coach. He's got nothing to be. Ashamed of, you know. And I mean, it's, it's he was kind of hamstrung. He can wait a year. There'll yep, be take a year off. There'll be plenty of openings mid-season. I won two cups. Season. How many guys on your list of candidates won two cups? Two cups in the last five years. Yeah. So, yeah, I took a year off. I feel refreshed, recharged, and ready to coach again. Let's um, get into the playoffs here. Do you guys have anything else you want to hit on? No, I think we're good. So, oh, oh yeah, Craig's going to filibuster. What was the hand gesture then? I need to take a break. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I breached my quota. <laughs> They're sliding money under the door right now, so you can continue right, to we'll talk. We're a break here. Okay. All right, on to the playoffs here. 16 teams left with a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Um, probably realistically closer to about 10 of those teams have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. But either yeah, way. Ottawa. They should have playing games. 16. I feel like we should have 20 teams. Which, which team winning the Cup would shock you the most? Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> really? More than Nashville? Ottawa. Nashville would be close. Okay. Ottawa, take, far and away. Take their path out of it. Just that Ottawa's their the path? team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't consider just who they're, they're coming playing. out of the Atlantic? Well, just whatever. Don't, don't factor in Nashville because they're opening with Chicago. Or don't still factor Ottawa. in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, still Ottawa. <laughs> All right. Don't, Ottawa they have a negative have, goal differential Ottawa when they're in the playoffs. Ottawa doesn't have a difficult path either. No, that's what I'm saying. No, they have so that So saying Ottawa was even, even with their path or without their path. Without that path, it's even worse. But if you're sitting there... Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to argue for Ottawa, yeah. that's for sure. Make the Ottawa please argument. Make, make that, yeah, right, Luke, please make that argument. I don't. In fact, since you guys both brought it up, let's start in that series, shall oh, we? Wonderful. Ottawa-Boston. Ottawa-Boston. I'm going to throw out their season record. I know Craig doesn't care, but what if the listeners care, Craig? Do you ever think about them? I no, don't. Craig never Usually. thinks about the listeners. <laughs> All right. Ottawa, about the little people. Ottawa swept Boston this year, 4-0, which... Oh. Doesn't wow. sound like it's going to sway anybody, but they beat them four times. It's got to be worth something, doesn't it? No, it was worth eight points. It's worth enough that it's, they got to the playoffs. That's how they got into the playoffs. Yes. Uh, Brad Marchand versus Alex Burrows. This is the storyline I'm watching Marchand. in the series. Marchand. Just yeah. to see one of them get arrested on the ice. <laughs> All right, it's at least possible, isn't it? Or one of them's going to instigate somebody else into just a huge fight. What, that's going what to happen. Does anyone? I, I don't. I don't understand why there are so many people picking Ottawa in this series. Is it just based off of their regular season? There's a lot of media that covers hockey that's also north of the border. Ah, Yeah, but they can come, Canada pretends Ottawa doesn't exist half the time. 
They do, but I was telling Craig, I, I heard a show this morning where they were doing predictions of every series, and they took every Canadian team to advance except Toronto. What aspect of the game is Ottawa better than Boston in? I'm waiting. I'll still. I'll wait. I'll, ha- I'll hang up and listen. Number one defenseman. Is that an aspect of That's the game? That's it. That is it. They're not offensively better. They're not defensively better. They're not better in net. They're not a better team on paper. Other home than ice. that, I think they have a really good shot at this. They have home ice. So are we all taking Boston? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're all pretty confident in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also think that's probably as far as Boston goes. Okay. I don't Agreed. love Boston overall. I just it, they're I not agree. Ottawa. Uh, on all counts, Boston. I'm there with you. We're then, not they, Ottawa. then they lose. Now, now you have a different take on this other series, but I think Boston's going to end up playing Montreal in the second round, and Montreal's going to win that series too and get to the conference final. I think people uh, are going to be giddy about the Montreal Canadiens' potential for the future, but this will be the highlight of. This. Of their decade. <laughs> wow. Very specific. The Canadians are not a cup contender, okay? Unless Carey Price stands on his head for four series, which never happens. But could happen. I mean, it if, never happens. If you're hot telling goaltenders me, don't last the entire playoff run. But what if he doesn't what if he doesn't get hot until the conference finals? What if they get past New York on their own and then Boston or Ottawa and he doesn't have to really catch fire until that third round? That's possible. That doesn't make them a great team. I guess that's possible. I, 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 yeah, because I do think they're beating the Rangers, and it it's, goes beyond Henrik Lundqvist's horrible numbers at Bell Center. All right, well, Craig has decided we're going to the Montreal Rangers series. So I, th- I thought we agreed we really didn't want to talk about Ottawa anymore. <laughs> you and Jamie gave each other a look. You guys, every time I bring up Ottawa all season long, you have that exact look on your face. Like, uh, he's waste, talking about Ottawa. They're just wasting Ottawa everybody's time. <laughs> they're in the playoffs. Let's face it, we'd rather have Tampa Bay in that slot. Yeah, that's true. Just wasting everybody's time. All right, well, then Montreal, New York. Craig thinks Montreal for sure. Um, he has a tattoo of it on his shoulder, Montreal over New York, with Henrik Lundqvist. Habs. Scary face. With a Z. Habs. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, would you care to jump in? Yes, Montreal's going to win the series in six. Hmm. I feel like better, this is... Better defensive te- in the postseason. Now, I know last year it was a little wonky, but two or three years ago I had this little formula. Teams that are better defensively... And also possession wise, that's a lethal See, that's, postseason that's a combination. Group. New York's not a good possession team. Montreal's a very no. good possession team. And so that's a, those that combination together in the postseason in the past has proven to be a lethal combination. A better defensive team with better possession metrics, even more so than teams that are better offensively and better metrics. What was the year it went sideways? Last year a little bit, where it was only I think it was only about sixty percent last year, but the, the year prior was a hundred percent. And the year before that was like hides inside his net with wide eyes when yeah. he goes to. I, I see that as maybe the most even first-round series in the playoffs. I'm surprised you guys are both so convinced it's Montreal. I'll go New York just to be different. Okay. But you are you – are, I've had this conversation with Craig multiple times today, and you are convincing me that Montreal might be better off. I've certainly Carey Price is more capable of stealing a, a series than Lundquist is at this point. Pittsburgh-Columbus. <laughs> I feel like you should go first here. Nah, I don't want to go first. It's, just, it's therapeutic for you, isn't it? Stop whispering Chris Letang's name in my ear. You're going to have to endure the same analogy I gave earlier, but I think Jamie will appreciate this. Here we go. Chris Letang is to the Penguins what Kyrie Irving is to the Cleveland Cavs in the sense that Crosby's LeBron, and that's great. You're going into the playoffs with Crosby or LeBron. You always have a chance. I'm not saying the Penguins don't have a chance, but without Kyrie Irving or Chris Letang, probably not winning the championship, and it's harder to win a series in, in the NHL than it is in the NBA. So it's not a perfect analogy because Cleveland could still get through the Eastern Conference without Kyrie. Yeah, in the, in the NHL, the uh, world is also round, so 
that makes it more of a That's a good point. Crystal yeah. Tank does think the world is round. I should point that mm-hmm. out. I just, I've given you guys my reasons before. I think Columbus is a legitimately good team. They have a goalie that's not just a hot goalie. They're looking for their first ever playoff series win. They play well against Pittsburgh. They're very evenly matched, but I think without Latang, and we found out this morning Zach Wierenski is back for Columbus. He's not Chris Latang, but he means a ton to the Blue Jackets. I just He does. I yeah. think Columbus wins. Here's the thing. Okay. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Wait, what? I, I, yeah. Wait, I think Columbus what? wins the series, and I will continue to. I will. The most valuable player to his team in the National Hockey League, I will take this to my grave, is Chris Latang. It's the only reason me and Jamie are still friends. So if you had a ballot, you'd vote for him for MVP. In terms of who is the most, which one? If I took one player off their team and replaced them with a league average player, which not team goalies. shows take goalies, not goalies. out? Yeah. Okay. Which which player? Yeah, we'll just dismiss goalies because they don't. Have it's Chris Latang. The Penguins <laughs> are a completely different <laughs> team without Chris Latang. They really are, and I, they have the best player in the world on that team. But Chris Latang is the most valuable player to his team than any other player. They're, they're all better. The, all the forwards are better when Latang's on the ice. I will say this. In years past, they didn't have Mike Sullivan coaching the team, Matt Murray and Nett, who I trust a lot more than Fleury, nothing against him. They are a better team now than they were when they played the Rangers two years ago without Chris Latang. They played the Rangers two years ago without Chris Latang, and I don't think they ever scored more than two goals, and they only scored more than one once, and we're out in five games. And this is as much about Columbus as it is Pittsburgh. Yeah, too. Columbus is a like, good I team. I don't want this to be like, oh, well, Pittsburgh just doesn't have Latang, so they're going to lose to anybody. They're Columbus playing Ottawa. They'd win in four. They'd win in three. It's fair. We've used that before. Oh, yeah. We've used that again. Sorry. No. They'd win I'm in picking two. the Penguins. Care to give us a reason? Well, I'll give you a couple reasons. Okay. Uh, and and I, I do tend to think that playoff experience is overrated, but Pittsburgh has key guys who've been there, who've been through the wars. I just don't, I can't see this team bowing out in the first round. Now, Columbus has great goaltending, too, but you want to talk MVP candidates, he's on that list. He should be high on that list. He should be a finalist. Well, he should win the Vesna for he's, sure. He, uh, he's definitely going to win the Vesna. Yeah. But I do think he's a like one of the top three candidates for MVP as well. But I just don't, I don't see a lot of experience here. I, I, this, is, this is a different stage. It, it changes in the playoffs. It just changes in the playoffs. And there's not enough guys there that understand that process and what it takes. And I, I, I just, this is a cup championship team. I don't see them bowing out in the first round of the playoffs, even with the deficiencies, which I'll acknowledge. I don't think Pittsburgh, without Chris Letang, can win a cup. And that's sad. I was hoping to see a Pittsburgh-Chicago final, to be honest, this year. But I don't think without him they're going to be able to make that deep playoff run. But I do think they have enough in their tank to get past this series. It should be a great series, though. I will just say they've gone out in the first round three times since that first cup. And a lot of times it was. I mean, there was a year in there where they didn't have Crosby. There was time in there where they didn't have Latang. I mean, it's been injuries. They didn't have Kessel either. That's true. They don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't have those other guys because of injuries. But you're right. Kessel wasn't even on the team yet. It's, I, I still will continue. I know I brought this up a million times, but I still I'm just fascinated by what Pittsburgh could have been if they were even moderately healthy the last half decade. They've been hit by injuries harder than anybody this year. We would agree. I feel like I feel like we have this conversation every year. But well, it's, it's, and it's again, it's you're with preaching to the choir. Or, or, I mean, are you talking big, about the elite teams players. of the elite teams? Because yeah. I mean, there are, I don't yeah. know what the man games loss count is, but there are other teams that have been hit hard to, by injuries. To key Dallas players, Dallas, like last uh, last year Tampa was Columbus. Bay. Yeah, Tampa, I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay wins that, that award. Yeah, Tampa Bay wins that award this year. Yeah. But. Well, 
I guess where I'm going with that is, isn't this why teams don't win back-to-back cups? You get beat up. I mean, San Jose is not in the same spot as Pittsburgh, and they didn't win last year, but they're beat up too. I'm glad you brought it up because that was, that was a point I wanted to make, actually. When, when we entered this season, I thought the Penguins had the best shot at repeating of any team I'd seen in the past decade because they kept the same roster. They, yeah. they didn't lose. Like, when, when Chicago wins cups, it's, it's fire sale time. you yeah. got to lose five guys off the roster, so it's really hard to get right back to that level. But they, they're still in their prime. They kept the roster together. And when I looked around, I mean, you, you saw what was happening in the West already, so it looked like they had a really good chance. The only thing that could have derailed them was injuries, and unfortunately that's what we've seen. They've had, I mean, they have guys that might come back. I don't know what, what the deal is with Carl Hagelin. It sounds, I'm guessing Malkin's back within a game or Carl two Hagelin, to start the that's, series. It's an underrated loss, too, because he just adds to their overall yeah. team speed. That was... Well, that line. Yeah. And Carl Hagelin, the last couple of years, when he wasn't on Pittsburgh, he eliminated Pittsburgh every yeah. year for the Rangers. Yeah, he was a Penguins killer for a little he bit there. absolutely was. And then last year, he's, he wasn't going to win the Conn Smythe last year, but it was that line with Benino and Kessel and Hagelin. Yeah. And I don't know that he's coming back anytime soon. Malkin will probably, we agree, he's going to be back within a game or two of the start of that series. But, yeah, Nola Tang, that's not something we, Jamie and I just started saying. We've been saying that since the second week of the season, yeah. and really even last year. So, last series, which of is one of the East. I'm, I'm sort of uh, intrigued by, Washington-Toronto. I stopped giving you everybody's records I'll against each other. I'll start on this one just because we've rehearsed all this. But, um, first off, just happy to see Toronto in it, happy to see that collection of young players, rookies, playing in the playoffs, Austin Matthews. Toronto, as I, as I mentioned earlier, had 304 points from its rookies this year. The 93 Jets had 330, and that's in an era when points were far easier to come by than they are now. So just a remarkable year. Wasn't that with Tamo Solani, too? It was. Yeah. With Tamo Solani having whatever he had that season, just ridiculous. 76 goals or something. Yeah. <laughs> His rookie? Yeah. yeah. 73, I think. 73 goals. Over 100 points. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what, they, what those players accomplish, and it's not just the top three guys. They've got some depth below it when you – I don't know what uh, Nikita Zaitsev's uh, status is. Have you looked at that it today? It sounds like he's going to be back. Okay. Yeah, He might miss a game, but Incredible it sounds like he's going to be back. Incredible rookie class. And, and sometimes, as, as you said earlier, they're playing with house money right now. It, it just feels like they're going to be loose coming into the playoffs. They have a really experienced coach who all of Canada is dying to anoint the best coach in the NHL once again. And if he gives Washington a competitive series, they probably will. It could be a fun series, especially because... Washington has that history. Yes, that that's if they the, fall early. If they fall down the early, that's the X factor. It, it's the narrative of all the pressure. One hundred percent of the pressure is on the Capitals. And you even have the team talking about this being maybe their best shot. So there's this sense of urgency because they know what's coming in the off season. They have some guys to pay, so they're going to lose some key players. As Barry Trotz said, we're all in. This is the best group of guys we're going to have yeah. together. So. Wow, there's a lot of pressure on the Capitals right that, now. Yeah, they no. said that last year, too, didn't they? I mean, they weren't going to lose guys like they did this year. And I give them a ton of credit for keeping their team together because they weren't they, – I, like, I don't feel like they choked against the Penguins last year. That was a great series. Pittsburgh just won. Yeah. So you don't blow up your team after that. No, but it, it, the pressure slowly, slowly starts to increase every year that goes by and you don't win. Uh, yeah. And I think it's very obvious that, again, all the pressure in this series is on the Capitals. And I think maybe that – plays a factor early on where maybe they're making mistakes, maybe they're trying too hard, the old cliche of gripping their sticks too hard kind of a thing versus a team that they're happy to be there. If they get swept, it's still a very, very successful yeah. season for the But Martin the Caps need to win game one in this series. They, they need, need to. to win game one. Right. We were talking about that before. Of all the series, 
I think game one in that series potentially matters the most because if you start like Pittsburgh or Columbus, somebody's going to win game one and then the other team's going to win game two. If Chicago loses to Nashville, who cares? But if Washington loses game one to Toronto, we have a series. And I think we're this and this to make another cross sport reference where there are a couple differences between this team and let's say last year's Cubs. If the Cubs would have lost in the NLDS and the NLCS, they were still going to be penalized for mistakes made by players that were not on that team. Mm-hmm. These are mistakes that players are on that team. Yeah, that's true. So this is, it's a little bit different mentally when it's been your failures you're trying to make up for, not somebody's failures from 20 years ago. Yeah, these but they are trying to make up for that, too. They, they hear that all the yeah. time because Trot said that when he was here, too. People are asking his players about the Pat LaFontaine goal and you yeah. know, the Easter four overtime What's the point game. of asking that question? Like, as he said, yeah, my guys are coming up, who's Pat LaFontaine? Why are, why are people asking me that? They don't even know. Yeah. He, he said it's, it's really annoying, but that is. It, it's part of their story. Of Until it. they change it, that's the capital story. I, I don't I don't think that's fair, but I think it's it is not. fair to point to the last couple of years and be like, hey, Alex, when are you going to win something in the NHL? That's mm-hmm. fair because he hasn't ever done it. Or, they got past the second round, right? Yeah. Yeah, because every time they play Pittsburgh, it's in the second round. That's their two best teams. The two years Pittsburgh won the Cup, they beat Washington, I think, is two best teams. Although I also think this is the best Washington team I've ever seen. I, I agree with that. I do think this yeah. is the best it, team. It is. And last, so was last year's up until this year's. So it's then. I mean, it's, it, but it's true. But though. next year's won't be. We next, can say that. We can look at the players be. that are going to be gone. And next year's won't be. Yeah. Season right, series right was 2 1 Washington. And especially when uh, we, two of the three of us think that they won't face Pittsburgh in the next round. This I mean, is that, their this chance. Is a, if that's the case, this is not only their best team, but maybe the best opportunity. What a, what a crazy, crazy playoff series, or playoff round this would be if. Pittsburgh goes out because of their injuries, and Washington gets upset by Toronto. Suddenly, you're looking at the East like, I have no Boy, idea what's happening anymore. You're looking anymore. at Toronto-Columbus. I have no idea what's happening anymore. If that were to happen, you're right. I have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and say Toronto's going to win the conference, but <laughs> no, things would get wide open. Point. But it's, it's very interesting at that point. It Maybe is. that Bruins pick isn't the craziest thing of all and, time. And it you is, know, it is. I was asking you guys, I texted both of you guys this, when, when you looking at possible upsets, I... It was hard to envision them, but if, if that happens, that would be so NHL, right? To have teams like that go down and then suddenly, who the heck's winning the Cup this year? We're going to have L.A. and New Jersey playing for the Cup final, right? Like yeah. we did in 2012 when L.A. was an eight seed. That's my concern. Eight seed versus six seed de- yeah. Devils. With, with these playoffs is my favorite part of the NHL playoffs, other than the fact that it's hockey, is I don't feel like we ever truly know what's going to happen. And I'm just worried this year, not in the East so much, but in the West, that we feel like we kind of know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't see a whole lot of upsets in the. But you never know. Like going right, through the right playoffs. Right now, if I said you had to bet your life on a Capitals Blackhawks final, how confident are you in that? I'm not. But if you said here's fifty bucks, you have to go bet it on one. I, I would. Or if you told me I have to go bet fifty bucks on one, that's definitely the one I would take. I would like to know when the last time the number one seeds from both conferences played each other. That's the final. only thing that would give me pause. When? When? When's the last up. time that happened? I don't know. Somebody can. Look it up. I'm too busy steering the podcast. All the time. There are, right? I, I, I have the Capitals winning the series, by the way. Now, the Blackhawks yeah, have been a number one seed a couple times when when they won the Cup. But I don't. Uh, Philadelphia definitely wasn't a number one seed. I don't remember what Boston did that season if they were a... Boston wasn't a number one seed. Okay. They, um, that was the year they had to rally to take out Toronto. And down Tampa by like Bay? three goals late. Tampa Bay, I don't think, was ever the number one seed. So you tell me then. I don't even know. 
But it's a little bit different this year because Washington is so good and their two main competitors are going to play each other. I mean, I think that's the thing to remember. Whoever comes out of the Pittsburgh-Columbus series is going to be beat up. I think it's imperative Washington just gets through Toronto in five games if they can. But I like the added intrigue that Toronto can score. Like Jamie said, none of the pressure's on them, and they're almost too new to know that they should lose. You know, if they go out and steal one of those games in Washington, The only thing that's old about them that's experienced about them is their coach and that's that's an interesting mix right there because you know it's as much as i think it's ridiculous to call mike babcock a jack adams candidate this season i like i said i can think of three guys who belong he wouldn't even be a, a, a top three finalist for me i remember some of those series like with detroit and the blackhawks playing that once where, where detroit almost eliminated the blackhawks in the, the lockout year yeah when it took brent seabrook's ot goal in game seven to win that series and the blackhawks had to rally from 3-2 down. Back when he wasn't hitting two posts with the same shot. Yeah. Babcock did a masterful job in that series with a, a much lesser team. He's a great coach. He, he really is. But we can't just anoint him just because he's coaching in that market. No, I, 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 there's no way John Tortorella shouldn't wear, win Jack Adams this year. If it's Tor- insane to say anything otherwise. If Tortorella doesn't win the Jack Adams, is it because of a we're just so giddy in Canada that all our teams are good that we're given? Or is it because there's their backlash against Tortorella where people just don't like him? Either way, that's wrong. Oh, I agree. He's, he's the guy who deserves the award. Columbus had 108 points this year. They were yes. supposed to pick third in the draft last year. I know they bumped down a little bit in the lottery, but come on. Yeah. And the guy they got after that terrible year isn't even playing this year. Right. So it's not like they got huge help in the draft. Right. All right, so let's flip it to the other one seed, Chicago against Nashville. I think Jamie's still looking for one versus one. Are I'm we back f- into the 60s? It, it's, uh, <laughs> it's back when be, there was only six teams. Yeah, it's going to okay. be. I think the last one seed to get there was Chicago over Boston. That wasn't two one seeds. It was just all one seed. A one seed to win the cup or to get to the cup? To get to the cup. Jeez. This that is, was a lockout season? Yes. You're talking about? Yeah. This is my question to you, Craig. Is this the... I don't want to say anybody in the Stanley Cup playoffs has an easy path because I don't, I don't believe that's the case. Is this the easiest path Chicago has had with this group in the last five, six, seven years, right, I potentially? I've got to think about that. Because okay. They just, I don't know. They, when they, they've taken out Minnesota so many times, and Minnesota's never given them much resistance at all. Don't you feel like Check there's... Check back with me. I, at, least, at least with Nashville, I, I, don't, I don't have any concern that the Blackhawks will win this series. I, we, we thought at yeah. the beginning of the season, all three of us were saying Nashville could be one of the teams to watch yeah. in the West. You had P.K. Subban and, you know, some of the great trades that they've made. I thought this team would – I don't get it. They yeah, don't have any mojo. I don't, but but I, going I into just, the postseason, there's no way you can convince me that this group – oh, but this, this group will turn it on in the playoffs. Based on what? Yeah, based, based on, on what, what history? They're the Ottawa they have no the history. Yeah, they're – I don't, I don't see so much Nashville even giving the Blackhawks a great series. Coming into this, this season, I was like, wow, you know, they're going to be, they, got, they finally got, they got another really good piece in P.K. Subban, and mm-hmm. just, just not inspired by them at all. I, yeah. I will, I'm going to say something that hurts me, but I was wrong about Nashville. Because I went back and looked at my predictions, and yes, I had Chicago winning the West, but I had Nashville winning the division in the regular season. That's, that's where I thought Nashville would thrive, because there's not as much pressure in the regular season, and they have a talented roster and it's not like they've really lost anybody key to injury. I mean, they're relatively healthy, but... No, you take Mike Ribeiro out of the mix, I mean. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> I just... I wouldn't pick Nashville over anybody in the West. They just happen to be yeah. playing Chicago. You Maybe might Calgary. be right. Maybe Calgary. I would take Calgary I think I might take Nashville. Calgary, too. Calgary's got some upside. They have upside. I think the, Calgary's still more potential. Than I, I like this series for the Blackhawks as well because it's going to be a skating series. It's... You know, when I said 
I'd like to see Calgary. I still felt like that team isn't ready to take out the Chicago Blackhawks. Nashville at least has some history with the Blackhawks where, okay, we at least know what to expect from Chicago in a playoff series. But Calgary's more physical. So the Blackhawks, I don't even think, are going to get beat up in the series. They're no. just going to skate, and they're going to win this series yeah. quickly. That's the two things. I'm sure if you went back and looked at the past five, six, seven years of the Blackhawks, there was always at least a team in the West that you were like, I wouldn't mind if they got taken out before Chicago played them. I don't know. You can speak to it better than me, but if I was a Blackhawks fan, there's not a team in the West that scares me, and partially that's because they should, and it's key to cruise through the series you can cruise through. So if you're Chicago and you get a week off while Minnesota and St. Louis beat each other up for yeah, seven games. A week, off. week off is too – you okay, can come back stale and four, lose game four. one. Well, but Chicago doesn't matter if they lose game one. It's true. true. But if you can get four days off, I mean, this is for any team. If you can get a couple of days off while the, your next opponent beats up each other up. Absolutely. By the way, 2001, Colorado beating New Jersey in seven games was the last one seed. Ray That's Bork? A long time. Is that the Ray Bork Cup? So we're calling for a one versus, last one versus one when it one. hasn't happened in 16 years. What's a bigger upset, Nashville over Chicago or Toronto over Washington? Nashville over Chicago, in my opinion, because yeah, a lot of people think. Washington might lose anyway. See, that's not even they my reasoning. They would be surprised if Washington lost, right, based on their history. I, I, I would still I'd say Toronto over really? Washington still. Because I don't think there's anything Toronto does better than Washington. I guess it goes back to with Nashville, I feel like we know what they are. We've seen it, and we know what their ceiling is. Toronto shouldn't beat Washington, but what if they catch lightning in a bottle? We haven't seen them in the playoffs I, yet. That says all you need to know about how Chicago has handled their business in the last 10 years and how Washington's handled their business. Because we don't know anything more about Toronto than we do Nashville. This is all about what we think about the way that the other the two big teams have handled their, themselves in the postseason. Yep. We just have a belief. And that's why. That's exactly That the Blackhawks will find a way because we've watched them do it. And I, I need to see the Capitals find absolutely. a way. Absolutely. Because they haven't found a way yet. Um, absolutely. Minnesota-St. Louis. Uh, had that's the best series in the West, in my opinion. Best as in most entertaining to watch, or just do you think it's the most evenly matched? I think it might be the most entertaining to watch, too, because I think this is going to be more of a skating series for St. Louis, too. That's the direction that they've gone. We get to see Vladimir Tarasenko do his thing. Minnesota's Minnesota's an exciting team to watch. They really are. They play with a lot of pace. And we could see a lot of scoring this game if Devin Dubna keeps playing the way he's been playing for the last two months, which is horribly. And that's a huge (laughs) concern for Minnesota, and that's why I think St. Louis is winning this series. Because Devin Dubnik, I think Mike Rousseau told me this. I think he's, I, I wish I could remember the start date, but it's, it's something like over the last couple months, Devin Dubnik has the worst save percentage of any starter in the playoffs. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, March and April, it's something like 887 is his save yeah, percentage. It's, it's brutal. And his horrible. From the 940 he was at at one point when we were talking right, about Right, except him. we're talking about him setting a record. And yeah. now he's... Probably not a Vezina finalist. He looks like Edmonton Dubnik Is right now. Is he a Vezina finalist for either of you guys? Not anymore. Uh, he's no. definitely not a... He, he burns himself out of it. He's behind He's behind um, Bobrovsky and Holtby for Holby. Holby. sure. And I'm sure I could find a third. Carey Price is my third. Price, yeah. yeah. There you go. So, he's out. Um, yeah, I've come around to the Craig School thinking on this. I think St. Louis wins this. I'm, I'm not impressed by what I've seen from Minnesota down the stretch. Even though they won four straight games down the stretch. You're just, yeah. yeah no. But just... Uh, if He's, Dubnik's not their best player, they're not winning the series. St. Louis, and this surprised me, St. Louis so was much. pretty good at preventing goals this year. Yeah. Especially in the back half of the year, which I was not expecting. 15-3-2 in their last 20? Uh-huh. No, granted, they had an easy schedule. You know, so this is where i Over I'll, the last 12, at least, they had an easy schedule. But 15-3-2 over your last 20 is yeah. really impressive. This is where I'm at. I was wrong. I think there might be a little bit more to St. Louis than I was giving them credit for a month, month and a half ago. And I think they win the series. I've been told I've been particularly tough on Minnesota. 
saying that they don't exist in my mind in the Western Conference for Who's the last told month you that or so. One? People have told people, me. Minnesota people, fans have told they, me that. They, they tweet at you? I'm assuming. Oh, no, some have told me in person. At Luke Lipinski on Twitter, right? Yes, that would if be. If they it. were hypothetically were to tweet at you, if they, if they wanted to. Yes. Uh, I actually think winning the last few games, I know two of them were against Colorado. I think that does help Minnesota. And that, one of them against Arizona. Yeah, but at least Arizona was playing well. I don't, I don't know what Colorado's doing. But they either played a 40-year-old guy for like 27 minutes, but yeah. Either way, it's only 17. It just felt like 27. It was one of those situations where I think you needed to win some games heading into the playoffs. They couldn't go in just completely backing in with no confidence at all. But I, I just think St. Louis is good. When they switched to Mike Yo, everything changed. It, it's yeah, not just a, it's not a random thing. We're not just pointing in the middle of March and saying the Mike Yo revenge game. They traded Kevin Shadkirk. Yeah, the Mike Yo revenge series. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's that angle to it, absolutely. And I, when when Minnesota was talking about feeling good again because they had won four straight, I I came out of it feeling like this is a team that's trying to convince itself that it has its confidence. I, back I mean, there's, there's pieces you like. I like I let Hansel stall Koivu down the middle. I really, I mean, I like yeah. those two guys a lot. But yep. we talk a lot about Washington. Minnesota has its own demons in the postseason, as does its head coach. They're named Chicago. <laughs> yes. And their head coach Mostly. has some demons too. Yeah. Well, he, he definitely does if he gets to a game seven. How how great would this series be if St. Louis hadn't won a couple series last year and it was just two teams desperate with that oh, sort yeah, of that's just because that was their narrative. Yeah. If, if we don't win, we're blowing the yeah. team up. If it was both of them, then you Although just see that desperation. I think there's very little pressure on St. Louis this year. Well, yeah, because they've won just, a little bit. Well, and also they're not expected <laughs> to do much. They're not a cup contender. Neither of these teams are a cup contender. You don't think St. Louis is? If I told no. you Chicago doesn't make it, you don't think St. Louis? No, because I don't know who I don't. I wouldn't pick Nashville or St. Louis to beat Chicago. I don't know how Chicago wouldn't get there. But yes, let's say Chicago just you know gets swept out. No, I, I would take the Ducks or the Sharks. Okay, interesting. Um, seven of the sixteen teams in the playoffs have coaches that they didn't have at the end of last year. How absurd is that? I'm just gonna keep throwing stats. The in. NHL. But you're the usually, only league where you fire your coach midseason and go win a cup. You would expect that to be amongst the bad teams, not the teams that are actually having success this year. It, it, the NHL's weird. Edmonton, San Jose. Uh, Edmonton won the season series. They went 3-1-1 one, and one against the Sharks. This is, I think, one of the more intriguing series just because... Connor McDavid's in the playoffs. He I is. I want to see how, just how great he is because if Edmonton is going to win this series, it's going to be on his back even more so than him carrying them into the playoffs. It's, it, there, it's the postseason. There's going to be more attention paid to him. He, he's not going to be able to be quite as effective... Some players actually still, you know, they're as productive as they are in the regular season. He'll need to be. He'll probably need to be even more so because San Jose still has experience. They're, they're going to dial in on certain things that Edmonton does. And let's, let's face it, San Jose, in spite of their bizarre collapse near the end of the season, they're still a deeper team than Edmonton. Yeah. I, I could see San Jose, with their experience, vast playoff experience, flipping a switch and being ready for the playoffs, in which case... I think they're a better team than Edmonton. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think the Sharks win this series. I wouldn't be shocked be that because the best player on the ice Ditto. is plays for Edmonton, and that can always sh- shift things. But I just think San Jose is so much deeper. Like Connor McDavid, at his best, is only going to play a third of the game. Yeah, and I just don't. I don't trust anything else Edmonton puts out there for the other forty plus minutes. That would be, and this goes back even to the Pittsburgh series with. Without Latang, the Penguins have been winning games. But when you get into a seven-game series and you see the same team over and over again, they can start to expose you. Edmonton has so many holes besides mm-hmm. Connor McDavid. So if San Jose can't shut down McDavid, 
maybe they just shut down everybody else and they just say you're going to have to score four goals a game and you're not going to be able to do it. And I, I don't know. This is the one that, that I really don't have a great read on, but I, I think Edmonton wins because I, just because I think San Jose is so beat up. And I would say for San Jose and Pittsburgh, if they just win one series this year after making it to the Cup, it's, it's a somewhat successful season considering the injuries. But the injuries San Jose has, I think McDavid exposes them enough. Let me say this. I, I hope Edmonton wins this series. I've said this before, I think. I, I want to see the preview of the changing of the guard. Connor McDavid's going to play for Stanley Cups at some point in his career. He's, he's that good. He's, he's a generational talent. He truly is. I don't think he's ready to take down the Blackhawks yet. I don't think Edmonton has. Not by himself. Has, yeah, and that, that sometimes it, it might feel like he's doing it by himself. But I'd love to see that preview. I'd love to see that matchup, Edmonton in the conference final. I just have a hard time believing that Edmonton's going to win two series with zero playoff experience. They, I mean, they have some guys. They have Lucic. Yeah. They have some players that have been there before, and that, that might help. Lucic might be a guy who can succeed in the playoffs. But You don't have a goalie that's been there before, though. Yeah, and, and Talbot's and been good, but he hasn't been, been there. He's been good. He is not, I, I think that, that narrative in Edmonton, too, about how great he's been, he's been above average. He yeah. hasn't been great. Somehow led the league in wins. He played Tied. all played the time. Yeah, I mean, he played all the time. might as well be pitcher wins. I mean, that doesn't. It's not an accurate reflection on talent. It's not as bad as pitcher wins. I think he's a. Yeah, it's been he, bad. He's had an above average season. He has not had a great season. If that was Edmonton, Chicago, in the conference finals, would we be having this conversation where Jamie's saying, "Well, Edmonton does have the best player on the ice." I mean, are we at that point where if it's Edmonton, Chicago, McDavid's the best player on the ice? Now, granted, the next twenty best players would be on Chicago. Yes, is he at but that the, point. But the, here's here's the difference. Well, it's maybe not difference, but to me, it's okay. If I just eliminate the first lines for both teams and just say they take each other out, the Blackhawks are so far better yeah, than everything are you, are else that's talking about out there. Kane's line, the Kane Panarin line. Then? No, I'm saying even if you take away, if you put okay, we're, we're going to put Taves. Taves would match up. The, the, the Taves on McDavid matchup and say we're just going to eliminate them both. That's gone. Which is what Chicago would do, right? I mean, Glenville would think, would gladly just say. All there's, right. there's, n- and then I mean, Edmonton let, has nothing else. And you see Panarin and Kane go against Drysaddle and else. I'll take that. Match. And hopefully they can clone Drysaddle at that point. But yeah. I don't know if technology will get there in time. You yeah. think you think Edmonton wins, or you think San Jose? Am I the only one picking Edmonton I'm here? I'm picking San Jose in this series. Okay. I just think that they they're capable. I, I, again, like Jamie, I would not be surprised if Edmonton. No. You know, look, San Jose is in a swoon right now. Maybe that's real. Maybe there are issues Maybe. with they haven't been able to score. Yeah. Maybe that that's who they are at this point yeah. in the season, and they go down with a whimper. Well, but I'm, I still, I mean, experience wise, I just think they're a much better team on yeah. paper. I if think they're ready to play. Yeah, the thing is, they could be they could be the Packers. I mean, when you have the best player, now it's a little bit different when you're a quarterback versus one player in hockey. But when you have the best player, you have the ability to take over games, and mm-hmm. maybe they can steal a game or two. But I just don't, I don't see, I don't see them beating San Jose. It might be the most compelling storyline in the playoffs to me, and it's not the storyline of yay Edmonton's in this will be fantastic. I want to see how McDavid handles the playoffs. Not. Yes. Not that I don't think he mentally can, or not that I don't think he'll be great, but when he's got teams that have been there focusing physical players on just pounding in him into the wall constantly and forcing his teammates to beat him, I think he's going to—I think whenever Edmonton gets eliminated, we're going to look at McDavid and say, he did everything he could. It's just they don't have the depth. Yeah. And he'll be back. Yeah, lot. he'll be back. Frequently. This, this, he'll, and he'll learn from this. He'll grow from this experience. It's just, just another step in his development. Now, if he manages somehow to win a couple series and get to the conference final— Look out, because the future is very soon for that team then. Yeah, they're not going away. No. Wherever they get to this year, they should only they should at least get back there next year. You should. You would, you would think. They, they probably still need to tweak that roster. Yeah. 
But what if they added? I would like, hope that they would if he gave them a reward of a conference final berth in their first year back in the playoffs. If they added like Taylor Hall, would that help up front? Give them a little more support. Unbelievable. When you think about what this team needs right now, how good would he look? I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't just sign a free agent defenseman. Really? Not. You could, I, we're the only three people in, in North America pay, saying it right now. You couldn't pay Alex Goligosky? No. No. It's, we're the only people. We're, if we were in Canada, we'd be the only That's three true. people saying That's true. Or at least in Edmonton, where they've all convinced themselves that the that trade was worth it. Thing. Yes, it yeah. was worth it. It, but was, it was a good trade. In no, four it weeks. Wasn't. It was a terrible trade, and it will remain a terrible trade. And it continues trade. to look good. And you need Taylor Hall. You could really use him right now. In fact, if you had Taylor Hall on this roster, instead of Adam Larson, and you had some free agent defenseman, I might be picking the Oilers to advance two rounds because yeah. they, they need that consistent. Patrick Maroon, people are talking more about what a great season he's had. How many scoring chances does he miss? He's he, being he was never supposed to be a scorer. Because he's Patrick Maroon. Yes, exactly. Like he's doing the best he can, but that's How not How many his goals goal. would Taylor Hall have playing with Connor McDavid? It's scary. I don't know. Ask, it is Nugent, scary. ask Ryan Nugent Hopkins. <laughs> Nobody misses him more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you forget he's on the team sometimes. Yeah, because he's been fully exposed now that Taylor Hall's not there. Anaheim-Calgary, last series. Uh, Anaheim won the season series 4-1. They've won 25 straight at home, all in regulation, I might add, against uh, the Calgary Flames. The last time Calgary beat Anaheim, I should say, last time Calgary beat Anaheim in regulation in Orange County was 2004. And they're in the same division, so they play a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. And these two teams apparently hate each other. This is a good well, hate series. They, they do now, apparently. It, it's weird. I don't have a great read on this series. I could see the Ducks sweeping them or winning in seven. I, I, I don't think the Flames are winning, but I just... I, hmm. I feel like this shouldn't be a Ducks sweep, but I also feel like... Oh, they're not sweeping The them. Ducks. They're, they're the Ducks still. I think I'm higher on Calgary than you guys are. I'm still taking yeah. the Ducks in this series, but I, Calgary can do some damage. They have, they have some good offensive players. I've soured a little bit on some guys. Uh, I'm worried about Sam Bennett and really? what, what his upside is. Mark Giordano looks like he has peaked and is on the other side of coming down. Well, he's a dirty player, according to Brian Murray. <laughs> and not yeah. according to Brad Treeland. <laughs> Those comments are asinine, according to Brad. <laughs> I, I worry about the Ducks' size versus Calgary's yeah. lack of size. I, just, I think this is a bad matchup for Calgary. Like, going against the Ducks or the Sharks, I think, was just a bad... I, w- I wanted Edmonton. Yeah, we all, we all did Calgary for a lot of reasons. I think yeah. that would have given them the best chance, not just on skill level, but based on matchup, and just say, okay, we're just going to run up and down the ice and see who can win. I just, I just, I, I think the Ducks can really be physical with them and shut them down, and they have enough skill of their own. This is not just we're, being, we're just going to hit them all the time. I, I don't like this matchup for Calgary at all. I like Dougie Hamilton. I do like Dougie Hamilton. He's really coming as a player. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be in the Norris conversation very soon. Is this series, the, the violence that we saw during the regular season, does that carry over at all? I, with Calgary, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it might. It might. They kind of have that history. I mean, they're not the Philadelphia Flyers, but, yeah, I could see that happening. Is that Anaheim, is. and maybe Calgary sees that as the only way they can win the series if they get down 2 nothing. I hope, I, I don't I hope not, because that's, that's still their mentality. I, I don't think that that's all the changes were made with that in mind. I mean, they made changes to move away from that mentality. But, but what if they fall behind 2 nothing? Well, that, that's another I don't think they want to get into a punching contest, literally or figuratively, with the Anaheim Ducks. They're not going to win that. Anaheim, is that the biggest threat to Chicago in the West? The Ducks? Yeah. Maybe now, but I... Talk to me after the second round. Yeah. Let me see what San Jose and Minnesota have done. <laughs> after the second I, round when there's only one if, other team? If either San Jose or Minnesota have figured out 
No, after the first round. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> If, uh, if San Jose or Minnesota have figured things out and have, you know, looked like the team we expected them to be earlier in the season, then no. I, I, I think the Blackhawks know what Anaheim is and they can take care of what Anaheim is. Taking goalies out of the equation, sorry, Craig, and taking does the, lot, the silhouette of no, Chris Letang's absence he away. Hates, he hates all goalies. He does. They're making a Boston, that. The player Detroit. that might be the most important to his team winning a cup or not, the singular player might be Kessler. Because to me, if Ryan Kessler doesn't take over these series, the Ducks are not going to advance very far. They yeah. need him to shut down the opposing team's top line. They need him to be an offensive presence. And if, if he's not, if he's invisible, I don't think they win a series in which he's invisible. See, I'm not the same as you guys are in Boston, and that I could see them making the Eastern Conference Finals. And so in that regard, Boston and Anaheim are the two teams that I could see going out in round one or reaching their conference finals. Uh, but Anaheim is obviously better the than Rangers Boston. take out Montreal, I could see Boston going to the conference final kind of a, just a weird path through that Atlantic division. But I'm, I'm kind of with Jamie. I, I mean, McDavid's probably more valuable than any of, of anybody else in the West, singularly to their team. Partially because Kessler could play out of his mind, and maybe that's good enough to beat Calgary. And then if he's matched up against McDavid, maybe that's good enough to take out Edmonton. But you're going to get into other teams where if he takes out one player, it's still not enough. But you're right. I mean, then this might be his last real strong run at a cup. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch in these playoffs. He, mm-hmm. He's just—he's a playoff he's, performer. Yeah, he's a playoff X factor. Like if we're looking at guys besides, obviously McDavid, we want to see how he performs. But somebody who can swing series based on how he plays, that you might not be thinking about, it's Ryan Kessler. Which uh, series interests you guys the most? First round series, like which 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 is the one in that, the West or the whole NHL? Just, just in the whole thing. I, I know in you're going to watch watchability. Or... Yeah, just which one do you want to watch? Like if you're if that. Well, all Toronto, Washington, just because it's all the skill. Really? Washington, yeah. I think I'm San Jose Edmonton. And I will say this, too. I, I'm McDavid hit 100 points. We should at least talk about that. That's I remarkable. was almost right on that. Yeah, what did you say? His first year? I, I said his first year he'd be the next NHL player to get to 100 points. Patrick Kane beat him last year. Because yeah. McDavid got hurt, maybe. I mean, we don't know that he would have done it last year, but yeah. But by the way, again, I, unbelievably incredible for a player of his age. Yep. In this age of scoring... To come in and do that. It's happened three times since the last lockout, and he just did it at age 19 on a team that he doesn't have a whole lot of help. The other two guys were Crosby and Kane, and in those years they had help. Like You can make the case Crosby doesn't have a whole lot of help this year, but he did when he broke 100 points, and mm-hmm. Kane did it last year. Also both in their primes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what is he? It's the third, fa- third youngest to reach 100 points. That's incredible. So... Which, in watch. an era, again, where two years ago, 87 led the league. All, yeah. I, all I can say is I'm glad Connor McDavid didn't come along five years earlier as a Blackhawk fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure what would have happened, how this whole thing would have changed. That would have changed. Some, who would have got the first pick five years ago? Oh, wait, Edmonton. So he would have oh, been yeah, an Oiler right. no matter what. It wouldn't have mattered. Still would have been an Edmonton. Uh, last one for you. Take the Blackhawks out of it because I know that's who you want to win. I'll take the Penguins out of it. And Jamie hates everybody, so this will be easy for him. The West? No, just which team do you want to win? If, oh, if your Washington. Team, Washington? I want to see that happen for, for their – I think they're the best team in the NHL. I'd like to see Alex Ovechkin rewarded. I'd like to see Barry Trotz rewarded. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that team. Uh, that's probably my answer, too. Yeah, if story. we're looking for the, the, the feel-good story. You guys didn't um, take care of me. No. My guy my age. Well, you're not special here. Jamie pointed that's that true. out online before the show. I did point that out online. Publicly. Yeah. 
for a feel good story. <laughs> for a feel good story. Right, just moving right along. It's moving right along. He's just thinking about how much he hates goalies right now. So just you're gonna have to wait. Yeah, your turn. I mean, and it, it would have Boston. to be Washington. Only for again, for like Craig said, for trots. Um, so I can never have to hear the Alex Ovechkin can't win one narrative ever right. again for the rest of my life. Because you know, one player does it by himself. Yeah, correct. And yeah. then he goes directly to the Olympics right after they win, right, and takes next year off. <laughs> The Olympics. Every time I hear talk about the Olympics. Barry Trotz speak, I want him to win a cup. Yes. He's just exactly. he's a good guy. Yep. So that's weird. We all are our, our second choice. I don't think anybody else has the super, super feel-good story. No, there really is. Like, I mean, there's, there's narratives. There's, like, yes. there's feel-good stories within teams. Could, Greg could, Anderson. If McDavid wins a cup in his second year in the league, uh, yes, that's a, a monster storyline. But boy, does Edmonton not deserve like that. Like Babcock, because he doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, because no, so Coach so of the Year, Mike Babcock. Ever talks about Columbus, no. a team that nobody was always thinks of as Columbus an afterthought. Would be a good story. That really had a bad year last year, and everyone had, had expectations for them, had no expectations this year. To win a cup in that market would be would be huge. The Penguins again going back to back would be in, would be a massive feat. Are you going to go through every team? No. There, well, there are storylines. Calgary for B. For B. Maybe you get a contract. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if they, they win, win the cup, cup, does he get his contract? Okay. I like to see Subban win a cup. But, but I mean, like, but, I mean, Boudreaux was Subban in, in Nashville, but as a team, it's really it's the Capitals. Yep. We've, we've all made Carl putting him very happy right yeah, now. Yeah, he's smiling right now. And, th- and, he's and then gonna, he'll get tense tomorrow. He's going to be tense starting tomorrow yes. through whenever they get eliminated or mid-June. Eliminated? You just oh, said it. Okay. No, wow. if, or through mid-June if they win. But you stopped. Also, added bonus. I did because I've seen them play before in the playoffs. <laughs> also, added bonus to the watchability of Toronto uh, in the Capitals in round one. Dave Strader calling games one and two. Yes. Bingo. Great point. That's, the voice. That is great to hear. Uh, not just because we've all met him and know him and know him as one of the best guys in hockey broadcasting, but because he's really fun to listen to when he calls a game. And very good at his job. He's excellent at his job. Which if I, anybody's listened, anybody has the, the center ice package and listens to a lot of local broadcasts from around the league, you will realize how rare and refreshing that is sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give it to Jamie. They're always backhanded compliments, aren't they? <laughs> Play, playoff. We could just stop there by praising Dave Strader. Nope. Yeah, too. To be fair, though, Grace him in comparison to the others. He only insulted every team in the league's right. local broadcast. I, I, I didn't get specific. Okay. I think anybody who's listened to them will know which handful of, of broadcasts. I can think of a few. <laughs> wow, this is, I love the, the subtext at the end of this podcast. Yeah, we, we won't bring those up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that can be a Lipinski list. We don't do that anymore, do we? No, the playoffs are that, that would indicate that we started. Yeah, yeah. we'll start those in the offseason. How excited are you guys for tomorrow? Very. Yeah, me too. I love this time of year. All right. Jamie's tuned out. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hat Podcast.